We're recording. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Hello. Welcome to Here There Be Dragons, a Black Sails podcast. I'm Chelsea. I'm Lewis. And today we're talking about episode four. So here is what happened. We open with Captain Gates encouraging the crew to elect Billy as their new quartermaster. And the crew embraces him, though with some raised eyebrows about his objections to a fuck tent. Before they set off, they need to clean the ship ASAP, even though Downer to Groot says that it could be dangerous. Meanwhile, Flint is having the most baggage-laden, depressing sex ever with Miranda, followed by a very enigmatic argument about Marcus Aurelius. Hornigold encourages Scott to get control of Eleanor. <laughs> Hornigold? Hornigold. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hornigold encourages Scott. I think it is Hornigold. You might be right. It's just funny because in a show about pirates, his name is Hornigold. <laughs> they horny for this gold. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. I can't even say his name anymore. You know who encourages Scott to get control of Eleanor, which he tries to do, but is unsuccessful. Bryson, the guy with the guns, doesn't want to give them to Eleanor, but seems to agree after a private meeting with her dad. We find out that Silver has no idea how to cook a pig, but he gets a great recipe from Flint, while we blatantly ogle Billy. Silver tells Flint that Billy and Morley may be conspiring together. On the other side of the beach, Max has been teaching Vane's crew about sex positivity, but one member is just plain evil, and Anne overhears her being attacked again. Vane is passed out from opium and hallucinating a giant man with a huge beard. Later, the boat is blown over by some strong winds and squishes Morley, but not before Flint has to cut off Randall's leg to save him. New theory, is Randall actually Long John Silver? Guthrie propositions Miranda, and kind of proposes, and reveals (laughs) the rumors about her while later revealing his own motives to crush the pirates. That night, Scott meets Bryson to take his guns, but not after knocking out Eleanor's trusted Irishman. What's up with that? Uh-huh. Is that it? Well, the last thing we see is the boat is sailing away, clearly with the yes. guns. And Eleanor says, what are we going to do? And Flint says, get them back. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Cool. Cool. Before we get into stuff, I just remember, I love this episode. Mm-hmm. And I also kind of feel like I remember one watching back. This is the this is the episode from which I was, like, starting to get into it. Yeah. Um. Do you remember what about it was getting you into it? Uh, the whole idea that um, just when it felt like it was about to get going, that it was an episode about cleaning the the ass of their <laughs> ship. I remember being like, come on. Um, but then also like getting kind of interested in like, so Silver has to cook for all these guys and he yeah. doesn't know how to cook. Yeah. And like, they all, all the Billy's like kind of trying to be a leader and like it's yeah. going well. And then this like morally complicated thing happens. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. And, you know, people have been asking me, or people have been asking gen- just generally, like, quote-unquote, when does it get good, or when, right. when whatever. And I'm not going to say if you didn't like this episode, then don't keep watching, but um, I don't know. I liked this episode. Yeah. And watching it again, I, I still... Like that, you that episode ends and you're like, oh, damn! <laughs> <laughs> they need those guns! Yeah. <laughs> um... But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember um, this episode features Betsy. <laughs> and that's when I knew that I was in. Okay. 
Betsy's Randall's cat. Okay. And she lives. Oh, yeah. Betsy lives. Betsy lives. Betsy knows what's up. Yeah. Betsy has beautiful eyes. She also, they have a great shot of her panicking as the ship oh, is, te- yeah. is, like, you, you, you know, when you have cats or animals on set and you want to make them look a certain way, you definitely, uh-huh. like, just cut to them looking at anything and then superimpose, like, a yeah. like, on it and it's fake. <laughs> but for this one... Betsy looks like her eyes dart around like she's yeah. actually in fight or, fight or flight like mode and doesn't actually know what to do. I don't know. Poor Betsy. It worked But for Betsy's me. okay, everybody. Morley is not okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing that I thought as I was watching this, it's funny because I, I said right as they're getting into it, they're like, we got to clean this ship. And mm-hmm. the episode, just last week we were talking about how there's no, they're not on pirate ship. Yeah. And then the first scene in this episode is uh-huh. like the thing uh, rocking from side to side as if they're on a ship. Mm-hmm. And then in the next two minutes, they're like, we got to beach it, boys. Like, yeah. we got to clean this. <laughs> we got to get out of this water. Yeah. And it, it it's kind of funny <laughs> watching yeah. back. I promise you later on there is naval stuff. There's lots and lots of really good yes, naval stuff. There is. Season one, there must be some budget thing or something. Yeah. They make do, but I promise you there's pirate ship stuff later. But also I appreciate that they, like, are really taking into account what this would actually be like. And also it's a great opportunity to do the moment with Billy where he gets to be the crowd-pleasing, like, they're all so happy for him. Yeah. That when he's, like, voted as quartermaster, they're like, yeah, he's quartermaster. And then he's yeah. like, okay, but we we have to clean it. And what was the what was the guy's bad first move, Billy? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, what is it that they have to do? It's called keeling, right? Yeah, I think so. But basically what it is is they have to scrape off all of the barnacles that have attached themselves to the ship so they can be more aerodynamic in the water. Aerodynamic? Water dynamic. Hydrodynamic? Aquadynamic. Hmm. Tweet at us. Let us know. <laughs> That's why we have a Twitter. I bet it's hydrodynamic. Let's not put our... Let's not make any bets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Flint mentions that it'll get them, like, an extra knot in speed if they clean it. And it's the first time Flint has mentioned th- the size of the prize that they're after, right? Yes. So, five million in Spanish gold, which, according to Reddit, <laughs> is anywhere from $88 million to... Uh, $470 million. That's a lot of dollars. They said basically it's like winning the lottery right now if you didn't have to pay taxes on the lottery. Yeah. So it could definitely save a small island. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. So actually that first scene of them voting, there's mm-hmm. a lot in it because it's also the introduction basically to Mr. DeGroote. Oh, yeah. So we get Mr. DeGroote who... Just wants to be safe. (laughs) (laughs) For the whole show. For the whole show. Just keep an eye on the DeGroot downers. Yeah. Um, There will be many. Yeah. Um, But he's good. He's a good, he's a good voice on the ship. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also the fuck tent is a laugh line, Mm -hmm. but also there's a really great moment when Billy is telling them like, I'm sorry, fellas, I think we're going to have to forego the fuck tent. And there's a shot of the pirates all groaning and silver in the corner, uh-huh. just smiling like, Billy, you stupid idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so like, oh, you, you sweet boy. <laughs> you have no idea. 
But it also made me wonder if Billy is asexual. Oh. I did not wonder about that at all. Hmm. To me, that whole moment is about Billy being a young man. And it's about him being like, I have to prove myself as yeah. a leader and as a responsible adult. Mm-hmm. And it kind of it's not like it embarrasses me to talk about this fuck thing. Maybe he's just a virgin. Maybe he could be a virgin. He could be a virgin. But I don't think that it's like self-consciousness. I don't know how to deal with sex stuff. Yeah. It's his like in that moment when he is in front of all those men like as a leader, he like he just the last thing he's thinking about is sex. Yeah. Like he is getting what he needs at that moment. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I I mean that's I, that's how I read it. Like it's not that scene is not about sex. Or mm-hmm. For Billy, it's not about sex. It's about like I have to prove myself in this moment, and there's nothing else. Maybe in this moment, yes, but I think it'll be. I want to keep watching it, wondering if Billy ever does think about sex. Yeah. So, the crews all together working on the ship, trying to clean it up to get ready to go. And we also see Silver as a cook. <laughs> Poor Silver. But we do get sort of the beginning of this personal relationship between Flint and Silver where there is a surprising level of honesty, mm-hmm. I think, already. Between who? Between the two of them. Why do you think that is? That they're both just like... This is garbage. Like, Flint is like, this food tastes like shit. You have to do everything I tell you to do to make this food. By the way, you're still a rodent. Yeah. And Silver is like, thanks for helping. Yeah, it doesn't taste good. (laughs) And also, I should tell you that Billy's been talking to Morley. Mm -hmm. And that we should be worried about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is also very honest and very true. Yeah. What are we going to do about Billy? What are we going to do about Billy? I but I think I pointed out earlier, I forget if I've done it on the microphone or not, mm-hmm. um, that the show is full of little moments where characters, it's usually Silver or Jack, will say something to a character mm-hmm. and sort of like imply that they should have doubts about their plan yeah. or their whole thing. And... Uh, and the character will be, like, resilient in that moment and just sort of ignore them. But every one of these shots is just accompanied by, like, they're left alone. And then Flint or Gates or whoever squints and stares into <laughs> middle distance and kind of thinks about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just Flint had a good one of those. This yeah, he did. I want to come up with a name for that expression because I feel like it is going to keep happening. It's the thoughtful the thoughtful pirate. It's the it's the perhaps 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 it face. It is a perhaps <laughs> face. It's the perhaps face. Yeah. I loved also in this episode that it is accompanied with before the quote unquote commercial break. Mm-hmm. It's it's Silver walks away and Flint stares after him and squints and then it cuts to the trees. I love the idea of I I, I don't know. It's just it, the show doesn't do it a lot, but a moment where yeah. Flint is like but maybe and the trees are also like Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Morley is like kind of the end of this conspiracy. Or not the conspiracy, but the mutiny against Flint. Mm -hmm. But we get kind of a flashback to hear about what Morley actually said to Billy Mm -hmm. about Mrs. Barlow. And it's interesting because I'm not sure what the takeaway from the story is supposed to be if I'm Billy. Really? 
like it sometimes it seems like the takeaway should be Flint stole this money from us by lying to us. Sometimes the takeaway should be Flint can manipulate you to do whatever he wants. But sometimes the takeaway is like Flint just murdered these people. I think and that Gates is in on it. I think the takeaway is meant to be the final thing he says, which is um Flint will will let us die for something mm. that is not clear to us. Yeah. Like, he, he has an agenda, and whether that agenda is given to him by this witch mm-hmm. or is of his own is not important, mm-hmm. but whatever it is, Flint is willing to let people die for something that he's not going to tell us about. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good take. And that's it. I mean, and that's murder. Yes. That is murder. Yes. Um, Which leads me to ask you. Ask me. Does Flint murder Morley? Oh. Well, Yeah. You think so? Um, yeah. The scenario doesn't... The scenario isn't very (coughs) ambiguous because there's no reason that Morley would be stuck under the pirate ship if... I mean, he's like right next to Randall trying to dig him out. It is possible that Flint is pulling Randall and Morley just got kind of sucked into the squished part of the boat. It's possible (sighs) to play the devil's advocate. I guess so. It's more likely yeah. that Flint somehow pushed him underneath. and That whole moment is so, um, it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's such, it's two sort of like stories crashing in at once of like Billy realizing that his leadership and his decisions have consequences yeah. and the decisions that he makes. It's not just the decisions that he makes, yeah. but it was also Flint's decision. Flint decided that they should do it here and they should do it with such speed and sort of in this way. And Billy enabled it. And now Mm -hmm. a man is dead. Mm -hmm. Um, But then of course there's also the Flint goes to save Randall and Morley doesn't come out. And right. It's not just Billy's like planning and leadership actions. It's also his political actions. Yeah. That are having ramifications. Yeah. Because I guess Morley is a guy he didn't know about, but he's known about the mutiny for a while. Wait, what do you mean he didn't know? Oh, until Silver told him. Until Silver told him. Yeah. But, like, it seems like there's been this kind of environment where, like, they just let these guys exist on the crew because they're, like, a little crazy and, like, they can have their conspiracy theories. But once Billy started to actually be worried about it and involved and talk to Morley and get the real story... Morley's dead. Yeah. It's like Billy is just descending into the mob underworld. That's so great. That's so great. And it's so, um, that's what's in Billy's head. Mm -hmm. But of course, the truth is that it's only when Silver comes on board that that starts happening. Yeah. It's Silver that actually precipitated what happened. Yeah. What's so scary about Flint, though, is that Silver says... You know, I heard Billy talking to Morley about something. And then Flint kills him. And then afterwards comes up to Silver and goes, what were they talking about? (laughs) I mean, it's so dramatic (laughs) when you say it like that, but I guess that's what happens. That is what happens. I mean, also Flint's like just taking an opportunity that presents itself to get rid of a problem. Well, by the way, also Silver doesn't say... By the way, I heard him and and more and Morley talking about this stuff. Uh, he says Mrs. Barlow. 
Yeah, he does mention He her. does have enough to provide that make Flint think, okay, they were talking about something. Mm-hmm. And Billy knew that the page was blank. Yes. So there's enough here that he should be concerned about. I think my favorite part of that whole, the way that whole thing went, is the little music theme that played as Flint was walking around the corner of the ship with Randall. Mm-hmm. I'm not a music, I'm not a music person, analyst, whatever. I can't examine music themes. All I know is that little flute thing, whatever it is, gets me every time it plays. It seems to play, I think, on, on Flint moments. Mm-hmm. Um, when I looked it up now, the track is called A Nation of Thieves. Um, mm. And it seemed to be... Uh, it seemed to be originally played during episode two when Flint is talking about A Nation of Thieves mm-hmm. and the Odysseus story. It's... I don't know. It's a theme that like really gets me. But anyway, but but the, that choice of music to play as he walks around from the corner of the thing yeah. is so. Um, maybe that was the moment that I knew I was I liked this episode or I got into the show because yeah. it was like it's a moment that gives you chills and it plays this sort of semi tragic music about the our captain mm-hmm. after he killed this guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. I love it. Yeah. Um, and then of course Gates and Billy have their um, their little moment. Yeah, and Billy says, I'm afraid of him. Yeah, Billy's good there. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just the I'm afraid of him, he says no. Yeah. Because Gates says, you knew that he was right. Yeah. He was like, no, that's not why I did that. Yeah. I did it because I was afraid of him. Yeah. Billy's growing. You know, at least he recognizes that in himself, and that's like a... Yeah. That's important. It's not often something I think about a lot, but they said in this episode that Gates knew about Mrs. Barlow. And he knew about the secret mission. Yeah. And he has, um, that he's completely lost the trust of the crew, too. I don't know if completely. I think Flint is definitely more at fault in that story. And also, it seems like if Billy's a new crew member, then there must be a lot of new crew members. Like, it doesn't seem like this story is that well known. Okay. And... It was my thinking. So I think a lot of the crew trusts Billy and Gates. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. But it does give you a teaser for how Gates is someone that is caught up in Flint's lies, too. Yes. And Billy... I mean, Billy has been on that and track Billy's since the first episode. just getting drawn But he's just... Now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a dangerous place to be. Yeah. Cool episode. <laughs> cool episode <laughs> cool for episode. all the pirates. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. So we also get to hear more about about Mrs. Barlow, both from the pirate's perspective, but also we get more of her story or the the rumors surrounding her story. Do you want to just recap the rumors, including sure. the yeah, flashback it, of the assassination? Little, it's a little convoluted. So we saw the painting earlier, last episode, of her in really nice clothes next to a man, and it was called the Hamiltons. 
And in this episode, Guthrie reveals that he knows about her from society. He's heard the rumors about her. Well, he's heard the rumors about the Hamiltons. Yes. And and she's obviously the woman in the painting. Right, So right. he knows that she's yeah. Mrs. Hamilton. Yeah. So the rumor is that the Hamiltons were married, but Mrs. Hamilton was the cheating sort. So she was cheating on her husband all the time. And finally, she cheated on him with one of his best friends who was in the Navy and they had a whole affair that Mr. Hamilton found out about and went insane from grief. He was so upset about it, he went crazy, and he went to the asylum and killed himself in the asylum because he was so upset about the affair. And Guthrie says, and I assume Flint, is the naval officer. She doesn't argue. She doesn't say anything. Yeah. Well, she she protests at the beginning and says, I'm not who you think I am, and then he gives her the whole story and she stops protesting. Yeah. She is very close-lipped mm-hmm. about this whole story. I think it's interesting to note that this rumor, uh, would, if it's true, would mean that she's responsible for the death of her husband. Mm-hmm. Personally. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then combine that with the other account we hear about her, which is sort of indirectly related to her, mm-hmm. but it seems like... Probably some years later, yeah, or at least after that, mm-hmm. um, Flint takes his pirate crew to to board a ship called the Maria Lane that he tells them is for treasure or tells them is for their their riches or whatever. Um, but then morally, uh, over or witnesses or overhears witnesses Flint murdering uh, a man and a woman aboard the ship, a wealthy man and a woman. Oh yeah. And then, uh, and then Morley has enough to, or I guess the way Morley describes it, he has enough to tell that this that Flint was acting emotionally or was somehow there was there to perform murder. Then Morley, I guess, follows him back to Mrs. Barlow, where he witnesses uh, Flint saying they're dead, mm-hmm. which implies that their mission was to kill those two people mm-hmm. and not for the riches. And what is, did he say anything about Mrs. Barlow's reaction to that? Um, I don't think so, but she looks satisfied. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's okay with that. Yeah, she's like, (laughs) great, good job. Yeah. So we know a little bit more about Miranda's past, but we also get to know a little bit more about her present. And she, she and Flint are having sex and they both seem miserable (laughs) (laughs) and it sucks it sucks (laughs) but after they have sex they sort of continue this argument that we saw at the end of last episode about the book about Marcus Aurelius and about her reading it to Richard and Flint is clearly very hung up on her choice of this specific book he's really upset that she read this book and she comes back and says, it has meaning for me, too. Mm-hmm. And then she says that um, she she hates this place and that it doesn't feel like living anymore. Ugh. Which is so devastating. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, her life is, is miserable there. Uh-huh. And it also combined with what we learn about 
the rumors or whatever through mm-hmm. Guthrie, it just seems like that this relationship they had that was once maybe full of passion is somehow, like, completely devoid of it now. Yeah. And, like... She is alone. Yeah. Flint is not the romantic naval officer lover arriving back to her home again. He's a business partner, and he's transactional in sex with her, it feels like. And, I mean, there is some deep resentment there, (laughs) along with love. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's what Miranda's dealing with. Yeah. Also, I just love her. (laughs) She's a great actor. That's what Miranda's dealing with. And then we also find our other favorite lady. One of our favorite ladies. Oh, Anne. Oh. Eleanor. Eleanor. (laughs) There's so many to choose from. (laughs) Eleanor gets another... Do you understand me? <laughs> this episode. Eleanor just has to deal with her dads this episode. So many dads. She's just, she's just going between her dads. Oh, there's too many dads. <laughs> but also it's so funny because uh, last episode we were talking about this major power move she made at the end of the last episode. Yeah. And in this episode it completely backfires. Yeah. I forget. Is it? It is uh, Mr. Scott who's telling her that, right? Or no, it's not Mr. Scott. It's uh, Hornigold. Hornigold is t- talking to Talk Scott. Talking to Mr. Scott, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he says what she did yeah. is losing favor with everybody and everybody realizing she's losing it and they can't trust her and what sort of business, what sort of person who's a proprietor of business on an island on an island like this is going to be as unpredictable yeah. as what she's doing. Like, that's not good leadership. Yeah. It's just not who needs to be in charge. It's maybe not good leadership, but... It's so funny watching this show again. Because the first time I watched it, I was like, I don't like Eleanor. I think she makes dumb decisions. She's not a strong woman. She is, like, annoying and messes everything up. But watching it again and really looking at what she's doing and what she's up against, I love her. (laughs) (laughs) Like, she is just trying to get this deal done. And all of these people are, like, whining about it and, like, trying to get her to not do it because of political shit. And she is just trying to cut through all of that. Yeah. And saying, no, you know what? My dad is arrested. This business is no longer viable. Mm -hmm. So who gives a shit about it anymore? Mm -hmm. We need this Urca gold. Therefore... Flint needs another crew? Okay, I'll get him another crew. Mm-hmm. Flint needs guns? Yes, I'm getting him guns. Mm-hmm. Because she has no other options. She's trying to save everybody, and everybody's working against her. Mm-hmm. It's infuriating. Yeah, she's right. She's right! And the uh, and the thing... Am I... Is there something wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And possibly it's because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh-huh. But Flint walks around and says the same shit yeah. about the Urca Gold. And me and every other character on the show is like, oh, no, okay. We need this then. Yeah. But she, but, okay. But, but I, she I, doesn't talk about it exactly. like that. That's she the never, has never made the case to anyone. Right. 
that you just made. Right. That, like, they actually need it. Right. She says, well, what fucking choice do you have? And, like, I'm in charge. And, like, (laughs) and and all this stuff. And it's just not. I think the reason that I like her is because I think that's what I would do in that situation. (laughs) (laughs) I would be like, all you idiots have no idea what's going on here. I do. So just stop it. Yeah. And do what I say. It, okay, so it, 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 two things can be true at once. Mm-hmm. One is that she, she's right, mm-hmm. but also she's a bad leader. Yes. She's doing it badly. <laughs> right, right. She's doing a bad job. Both of those things can definitely exist at yeah. the same time, for sure. But I mean, also, just like, just the way that Hornigold talks about her is so infuriating. He says to Mr. Scott, get your girl under control. And if somebody approaches her on the wrong day, which is clearly like a PMS period reference, uh, it's it's infuriating. Yeah. He sucks. Mm-hmm. Horny gold. <laughs> <laughs> Horny gold sucks. Also, her real dad sucks, but also Mr. Scott kind of sucks in this episode, Mr. Too. Scott doesn't suck. He kind of does. Oh, well, yeah, he betrays her. Yeah. But she betrays him first. She does betray him first. He says, I've never asked you to do anything. Yeah. Please do this. And yeah. she's like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then she says, she like that little moment, yeah. I couldn't leave it the chance. Yeah. No, you could. Just but listen to me couldn't. once. No, she miscalculated. She miscalculated. She, you, I mean... You saw that guy walk in there and the information he had. I mean, and, and Mr. Scott called it from before the guy had even come to the island. But he knew that crossing this guy was trouble. Yeah. Although I guess we haven't seen the consequences of what's going to happen next. Yeah. But, I mean, you can tell. You're watching that scene. You're watching the negotiation. You're like, oh, shit. It's not going well. This 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 is not a good idea. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and Mr. Scott is right. But Mr. Scott is also trying to, like, play by the rules of society and civilization. And Eleanor mean? is willing to play by pirate rules. You're saying Mr. Scott is trying to do it all legitimately and she's she just wants to take it. Not even legitimately, but like safely, cleanly, uh-huh. Uh-huh. in a way that makes political sense in terms of keeping good terms with Richard Guthrie. But Eleanor is like vicious enough and piratey enough to say, if we're not going to talk it out, I'm going to take them. Mm-hmm. And by the way, at the end of the episode, Flint says, we're going to take them. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> it's kind of strange how like Scott is able to act so in such long-term yeah. thinking in that way. Like, he's with Eleanor like through her side and... and sees what they're going through and sees, like, what the facts are. Mm-hmm. And he's still sort of like, we're going to do this by the book, we're going to do this cleanly, mm-hmm. and, like, we're not going to provoke anything. Yeah. But it, it, if you're, like, listening to Eleanor and you're, like, in her head, then you know that, like, but these are desperate times. Right. Like, everything is, is resting on this. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, Mr. Scott is able to, like, not think about it like that. I wonder if it's because he's had to keep her safe for so long. Yeah, his priority is her. He's it's been not the, her tutor. Yeah. He's been with her since she was a little girl. I mean... And we learned... This is the episode where he says he was a slave, right? Yes. He. So, yeah, we got a little clarification. He was Richard Guthrie's, like, personal 
slave and got him dressed and stuff like that, and then was sent to school in order to tutor Eleanor. So he and Eleanor have the same education level, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Which is why they're such good partners, I think, and able to run this whole business together. This feels like the first time that Eleanor is rebelling. Against? Against Mr. Scott. Oh, yeah. It seems like the first time that Dad has told her to not do something, and she did it anyways. And then... But Eleanor has just been double-crossing everyone since the show started. She has, but not Mr. Scott yet. Uh. Also, um, the way that she's sitting in her chair tying her tie, and she's just like, fuck everyone. It just was her putting on that tie, which is kind of looks like a men's tie, and saying, fuck everyone. It just felt like Eleanor putting on her armor mm. for the day. Mm. She's like getting dressed with her clothes, with her attitude, and her outlook, and just like, I'm ready. <laughs> Bring it on. I'm a huge Eleanor fan now. I never thought it would happen. You know, when you said... And you said that episode ends with her and with Flint doing the pirate thing. Mm-hmm. And also we were talking about how she's unable to inspire everyone the same way that Flint is. Mm-hmm. That's the scene also where Flint tells her when people look back, they're going to say they're not yes. like they say it's impossible now, but they're going to look back and say it was inevitable. Yeah. And even Eleanor's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Can you say that again? So I can write it down. <laughs> that inevitability thing got me thinking about how right he seems mm-hmm. or like how when he says that you're like yeah but it's mo- it's good because he's a good actor and because he's mm-hmm. flint and he's like inspiring you but also because you have this feeling that it's not it's not that the good guys are going to win in the end but it's that freedom is going to win in the end mm-hmm. and they're on the side of freedom like that is what the show is like has sort of been about like the pirates represent freedom Mm -hmm. and the British empire represents not, they represent an empire. Mm -hmm. Um, but we know the pirates lose. Oh, you're going there. (laughs) No, but I, (laughs) but you, but you know that in this story, freedom doesn't win because there are no more pirates. Sure. There's pirates in treasure Island though. (laughs) No, but the pirates are a dead, but dying breed in treasure Island. They're legends because they've all been killed. Okay. And we know that in the end, like, this whole, in, in, the, in the setting of the New World and in the British, that a force for freedom will rise mm-hmm. and over hundreds of years yes. fight for freedom. But we also know that it's not these pirates and these people who eventually are the ones who get that freedom. Yes. Historically, Nassau did not do well. Right. <laughs> So, uh, but, but, but there's this feeling while you're watching the show and especially because you know, they do make it like there is a treasure in Treasure Island and these characters, we know their names and all this stuff that like they win in the end. And when he says it's inevitable, you're like, oh yeah, cause, cause it is. Cause we know how this ends cause mm-hmm. they get the treasure. Mm-hmm. But also the inevitability is also that in this particular story, freedom does not win. Yeah. Is that too much to say? No, I don't think so. But it also makes me think of myth mm-hmm. and of Odysseus again. Because the in in the myth of the Odyssey, like you you just know he's gonna get home. <laughs> At some point, like he's gonna get home. Yeah. But when he gets home, 
is he even the same person anymore? We know Long John Silver is going to get to Treasure Island. But is he going to be this Long John Silver? Is Flint going to be this Flint? Are any of them going to be these people? Like, maybe a certain point is inevitable. But what version of those these people are going to get to that point? Uh-huh. What, what, what is going to be sacrificed along the way to make this inevitability? Well, a leg. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at some point. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, what does that really mean? Yeah, I don't know. When he said yeah. that, I would like, I was like, my head started spinning. You're like, doing, doing, doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Should we talk about our other favorite girls? Oh, um, Anne and Max. Mm-hmm. They got, they got a little bit in this episode. Yeah. I just love that Max is like, I just have this vision of her being like, okay, this is the clit. (laughs) (laughs) Like she is so teaching these pirates, like how to respect women and to actually enjoy themselves having sex. Yeah. But it's awful. I mean, she's doing it to survive. Yes. It's not like a positive thing. I think she's making it the most positive that she possibly could. Yeah, I guess. It's rough, though. I mean, it's rough, but she makes this great aerial dress. Oh, yeah. Like the Little Mermaid. She's got a her little tent all set up. She she is a professional prostitute. Mm-hmm. You know, she's, she knows what that entails. And so she's doing her best to make it the most positive experience that she possibly can with the resources of a sheet and her body and her brain. Do you think she's doing impressive. it? She is she doing it on purpose to keep what remains of Vane's crew together? Um I mean she's aligned herself with Vane. But does she know her play like being in that tent later in the episode, Jack says, We need her. She's the only thing keeping our crew together. Yeah. Does she know that? I don't think, no, I don't think she's, like, doing it for the crew or doing it for Vane to keep the crew together or Jack. Okay. No, I think she knows that she can't leave. Vane would, at this point, Vane or Jack would kill her. But it's kind of like a silver move, isn't it? It's totally a silver move. I'm a prisoner here, but I can do more than survive. Totally. I can get in good. She's getting as much power as she possibly can. Right, and so she's making herself the center of Vane's crew. Yes. So she is doing that on purpose. Yeah, but she's doing it for herself. Yeah. She's not doing oh, it for, yeah, sure. okay. for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we do get that that guy back again who uh, is just awful. But there was an inter- interesting parallel for those of you who watch Game of Thrones out there. There was a scene um, either last season or a couple seasons ago where Sansa is raped by uh, Ramsay who makes Theon watch them. And we saw the majority of the scene from Theon's perspective and the emotional um, impact for the audience was supposed to be how horrified Theon is. So it was a very male gaze version of a rape scene. What's interesting in this episode is that we get pretty much the same shot composition where we see Max being attacked by this man who's clearly going to rape her, and we instead zoom in on another person's face 
but this time it's Anne. It's another woman who has been clearly witnessing this and uncomfortable with it from the start and who also feels powerless in this situation and who also is so angry. I mean, it's the first kind of glimpse we see into Anne's emotional world and she is furious. Mm -hmm. And we, it comes out a little bit later with Jack Mm -hmm. where she's clearly pissed off at Jack Mm -hmm. for this, for keeping Max there, but I just thought that was such an interesting parallel to compare those two perspectives on those scenes. It's not a great parallel, though. It's not great, but it's interesting to compare them. No, no, I'm sorry. They are a parallel, but it doesn't make Black Sail seem more like they're handling their rape scenes any more favorably. It's, we still don't get Max's take on all this. You're right. We don't get Max's take. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Max's take is not the right thing but like we see her we the next the last thing we saw from her was like her being brutally Mm -hmm. attacked by this group of men and the first thing we see in this episode is her being like see how good sex can be if you're not raping me Mm -hmm. and it's not i don't know it's not full of nuance or thoughtful commentary on max's I don't know, the ramifications of Max being a prostitute and also having been raped by this pirate crew and that she is still a prisoner there, but she's going to turn the power dynamic in a certain way. And even then, she's not successful at it. Mm -hmm. It's not about Anne. (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm interested in Anne's perspective, certainly. Mm -hmm. But, like, still, Max is like... I don't know. I, I I didn't remember how long this plot line... Lasted. Lasted. Yeah. But it lasts a few episodes, I guess, and it's like, I just want Max to get out of there. It kind of overstated its welcome. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good point to say that we don't really get how Max feels about any of this. We do sort of get how the show thinks that we should feel about it through Anne. Yeah. You know, that we should be angry and horrified and feel powerless. Yeah, I think powerless is the real thing. But... But, it, yeah, we we don't get to see Max reflecting on it. Like, we don't even get to see her afterwards maybe putting herself back, you know, her hair back together, you know, preparing for the next guy mm-hmm. after this. That would have been really interesting to see a little more from her. Or if it was reversed. Mm. We see this encounter with the guy. Mm-hmm. And then the next one is another one where she just goes right back into, like... Yeah, that would be interesting, too. Let me... Look, let me show you how good this can be. Yeah. The last guy just raped me, but... But I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I mean, oh, but seriously, Max. like, that's yeah. not happening. And it's not... I it's, know. It's just sort of like... Yeah, I don't know. I love Max, too, but, like, this stuff is icky. Yeah. We're ready for her to conquer the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's talk about Vane. I mean, he's in it for, like, two minutes, but he's got... He's going Could through it. some weird stuff. Also, this episode has quite a bit of eye candy in it. Yeah. For us who appreciate the male form. It's a lot of Vane, a lot Ooh. of Billy. And Vane is so shiny. Yeah. One, we, oh, one important thing about Vane's body. Um, this is actual. We see he's got a little scar. That's like a very special Yeah, and Eleanor, shape. like, or the hallucination of Eleanor specifically is like 
fondling it. Yeah, but it's like it looks like a brand. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah. So Vane has this scar on, on him, and he's also hallucinating this guy. This huge man with a huge beard. Yeah. <laughs> um. But he also hallucinates Eleanor, and I think that this reveals so much about their relationship. It doubles down on everything that we know about their relationship and how it's their dynamic from the last few episodes. Mm -hmm. He says, you destroyed me. Yeah. And you get the sense that he's talking about more than just what just happened in the last episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's just like, you've taken everything from me. Mm -hmm. He's angry. And Mm -hmm. like, there's a lot. It's really profound. The like the level of despair he feels about. Eleanor. The way that she's talking about herself. So she's clearly a product of Vane's imagination. She, the way that this image describes herself is that she's strong. Mm-hmm. She's honest. But then at the same time, she's also like, but you made me feel weak mm-hmm. because you're so strong. Mm-hmm. You made me feel like a little girl because you're such a big man. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's this... He somehow squishes both of his fantasies about Eleanor together mm-hmm. in this hallucination. <laughs> that she's a strong, honest, powerful woman who's, like, too good for him. But also, he's so great that he made her feel mm-hmm. like a little girl who's so weak and helpless again. <laughs> um, yeah, there's just so much hate and love and fear of her in that hallucination. And that leading up to that groggy walk towards the... He's following the big guy with the beard. And he encounters the brothel owner who has the tiniest braids mm-hmm. I've ever seen. And he's so drugged and out of it and sad that he allows a gun to be shot at his head. Yeah, he's... It takes that to finally wake him up. Yeah. And then he kicks butt. He kicks so much ass. <laughs> but you, they, the whole episode, he's so wallowy and like mm-hmm. also so post-morteming his relationship with Eleanor mm-hmm. and like his you've defeated me like mm-hmm. after all this time like we like we've seen just the final act of their relationship in the first three episodes of the show yeah. and like episode four is the episode in which Vane dies yeah like is, is how the ep- episode is how the episode feels mm-hmm. and then like the gun misfires and he's like well first he vomits on them and then the gun misfires <laughs> yeah and he's like I'm still here mm-hmm <laughs> Um, He's just a mess right now. Such a beautiful sculpted... Such a beautiful cheekboned mess. mess. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, um, the only thing else I have written down here is that I love when Flint plays with navigational tools. Yep, love that. Just love it when he sits at a table and he has the compass and he's got his maps and he's got his little notes. Love Mm -hmm. it, love it, love it. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love that. One more thing that Morley says to throw out there, he says it's all happening again. Yeah. Um, okay. I think that that might be everything for the episode. If you have any thoughts about this episode, you can reach out to us on Twitter at There Be Sales. Um, you can tweet at us. You can message us. We'd love to hear any thoughts that you had. Um, we heard from one of our listeners, Ned, about episode three, who had a couple of really interesting thoughts. Um, he mentioned that he really appreciated how the show has kind of introduced the idea of rebellion on every level. Mm-hmm. There's rebellion on the ship. There's rebellion in NASA. There's rebellion in personal relationships. 
there's obviously rebellion from England. Mm -hmm. It's that telescoping thing that we were talking about Mm -hmm. before. It's it's just slowly being layered into the show. Um, He also is a huge fan of Treasure Island, which is really cool. And mentioned that in Treasure Island, he would call Silver an addict. Not really sure what he's addicted to. Maybe it's treasure, maybe it's success, maybe it's adventure, but he is willing to sacrifice personal relationships like with Jim Hawkins in Treasure Island because he needs something else continually. Mm-hmm. And that'll be really interesting to track on Black Sails for Silver, but also for Flint mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. see how these men treat their personal relationships versus their addictions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So thanks, Ned. Thank you. For those thoughts. Um, keep them coming. Keep Tweet them. at us. Message us. The whole thing. We love to hear all of it. Also, uh, if you have a chance, rate and review us on uh, mm-hmm. iTunes Store. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. the podcast, Apple Podcasts. Uh-huh. That's what it's actually called. We're on there. And yeah, you can leave us a rating and reviewing that helps other people find us. So tell me that you understand. <laughs> By tweeting at us. And we'll see you next week. Bye. (laughs) Bye.